Visit the Zoo with your host, author Frederick Fishman. Hello and welcome again to another Visit the Zoo. My name is Frederick Fishman and I'm author and creator of the Visit the Zoo series of ebooks, print books, audiobooks, and volume one of the DVD Visit the Zoo series. And I again, like I said, want to welcome you to this episode, episode number 12 of Visit the Zoo. And it's here we learn about the animals in the animal world in detail, and we also listen to what they sound like, too. You can get more information about Visit the Zoo and what we do here at our website, and that's at zooanimals.info. That's zooanimals, animals plural, dot info. And if you want more information about other writing that I do, you can go to my main author website at frederickfishman.com spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N, frederickfishman.com. And finally, if you want to support everything that we do here at Visit the Zoo, you can join our Patreon campaign and become a patron. And the way you can do that is by going to www.patreon, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash visit the zoo. Okay, what do you think? Think we ought to get started? Let's do that. And we usually start out, as we do every episode, with some news articles. We'll do uh, three stories today that I uh, gleaned out from all of the news flashes that I got regarding zoos and animals. And let's start the first one with a story out of North Carolina. Asheboro, North Carolina to be more precise, and that's located in central North Carolina. And the headline of the story is North Carolina Zoo, close to seeing one million visitors after a nearly record-breaking year. Wednesday was a special day for zoos across the country. In fact, it's a dedicated day to the attraction of zoos. It's National Visit a Zoo Day. I wanted to do something special with my kids. They're here. I've never been to the zoo. It's a humongous place. It's a lot of fun, said Keith Heldreth, a zoo visitor. Keith Heldreth and his family traveled from Virginia to experience the world's largest zoo. It may not look like it now with the colder temperatures, but 2017 was nearly a record-breaking year for the North Carolina Zoo. We reached our second highest attendance ever, almost 900,000 people. In 1994, when we opened in North America for the first time, we had more visitors that year. But this was a second all-time high, said Lane Ragsdale, the zoo's guest communications coordinator. Part of that success was the mild winter earlier this year and a record-breaking spring break. Another part was uh, new attractions for the guest. Zoo leaders expect to hit one million visitors in the next few years. This next story comes from England, from the town of Dudley, England, which is the same area. It's really a suburb of Birmingham, England, which is in the central part of England. And it says the Dudley Zoo is relaunching a free return offer deal for 2018. So if you live in that area, you know, now is your chance to pick up on this deal. Dudley Zoo is relaunching its free return offer again 
for all of its January and February visitors. Every full-paying person who visits the zoo during the first few weeks of 2018 will receive a complimentary trip. Zoo director Derek Grobe said, why not get out in the fresh air? Enjoy a stroll around the zoo's 40-acre site while discovering more about the world's rarest animals. Many of our enclosures have internal viewing areas where visitors can see the animals even if they're indoors. There's plenty to see in the winter months as the busier spring and summer approaches. But with the free return tickets valid up until July the 31st, there's time to come back and spot the differences between the seasons. Every once in a while I like to drop in a story that's a challenge. It's a challenge for pronunciation of some of these words. And this is a story that comes from Hyderabad, India, which is in south-central India. And the title of the story is Forestry Students Visit Hyderabad Zoo. The zoo park curator Shivani Dogra briefed the students on the role of zoological park in the conservation of wildlife, particularly endangered species and the role played by a zoo in conservation. That's the subtitle of this story. This is, by the way, from the Telangana Today newspaper and is dated December the 20th, 2017. As part of an education tour, 48 final year students of the forestry division of the YS Paramar University of Horticulture and Forestry visited the Nehru Zoological Park on Friday. The zoo park curator, Shivani Dokra briefed the students on the role of the zoological park in the conservation of wildlife, particularly endangered species, and the role played by a zoo in conservation breeding, animal health care, wildlife education, and extension. According to a press release, the trainees were taken around the zoo to study the design of enclosures, night houses, and planning of display enclosures. At a veterinary hospital of the zoo, Dr. M.A. Hakim, assistant director of veterinary, gave them a demo of tranquilizing and capturing wild animals and man-animal conflict. This is a great part of the episode that I just love, and that's playing the, these animal sounds. These next three, especially the first one, I have a story related to them. Let me start with this first animal sound, and we'll come up with the answers later on in the episode. So here is the first animal sound. See if you can guess what it is. It should be easy. You may have heard it, whether you're out in the country or even in the city. So let me play it for you one more time. Let's go to sound number two. And this one you may also know as well, especially if you had one of these as a pet. All right, one more time. All right, now this next animal sound, the third animal sound for today's episode, may be a little more difficult, but it's a very interesting animal. Let me play the sound for you right now. One more time. (laughs) 
All right, we'll come up with that, those answers of those three animals later on in the episode. This is a section that comes up every single week, and that is a description, a full description from my Visit the Zoo 12 book 120 animal series. Like I said, you can get either on Amazon or CreateSpace, print or digital, or you can even catch the first DVD that I've put out. A video DVD brings to life all these animals. And what I do here in this section is I play a full animal description from one of those 120 animals. Usually, I'll just pull out an audio track from one of the recordings that I've made for the audiobooks of Visit the Zoo and just drop that in. But I've got a, an important announcement. We have a couple more people who have joined the Visit the Zoo family here in the podcast. And the first is Robert Johns, who is with Full Prism Image Productions. That's, that's his company. He does all types of video and audio productions in the Houston, Texas area. And he has engineered and put together some tracks for me that are going to be or have been recorded by Shannon Zamora. Shannon is going to read these animal descriptions and I'm going to intersperse her readings with mine just to give you a little bit of break. Shannon is an accomplished actress from Houston. She's got a great voice and a string of credits in both film and theater as well and I want to thank them both for joining the Visit to the Zoo family. Let's listen to this animal description and hear Shannon for the first time. Hamadryas baboon. Facing down this fierce and powerful animal would be a bit unsettling. Just looking into those eyes in this picture can make a person a bit nervous. These Hamadryas baboons have long and large canine teeth that they like to display to other baboons to establish dominance and as a warning to predators. But in the range where they live, most of their predators have vanished. Lions and leopards simply don't exist in the numbers they used to. The area of the world in which they live is called the Horn of Africa, in Northeast Africa. There are smaller colonies of these baboons in the northwestern part of the African continent as well. The greatest threat to these baboons is not predators, but again, loss of habitat. They eat grass, seeds, roots, insects, and small animals. They live in semi-desert and savanna environments and like to stay by ground rock formations as well. Males can be almost twice as big as females and can reach up to 31 inches long and weigh between 44 and 66 pounds. During the wet season, they have no problem finding water and that is generally where they hang out. During the dry season, they roam to find water and they are very fond of afternoon naps. They have multi-level social groups. Males are dominant and usually are in control of small harems of 10 or so females. Males will defend and protect those small groups, but will also blend into larger groupings of harems. So with these animals, the guys are definitely in charge. And again, thank you to Robert and Shannon for giving us your talents on these animal descriptions. There's a lot more ahead in the following episode. So stay tuned. We've got more coming. All right, let's get to the answers for those animal mystery sounds. Let me play again the first sound. I'll tell you what this animal is all about. That 
that is a coyote. And you may have heard it sometime in the night or maybe even in the early morning hours as well. This canine has wide distribution throughout North America, Mexico, and Central America. And they also are in urban areas as well, and you will know that, especially if you live in the West. They like wide open ranges, deserts, forests, and have even stretched up to Alberta, Canada. They're really considered a symbol of the American West as well, but they're also considered in negative light by humans. The average male is about 18 to 44 pounds in weight, female 15 to 40 pounds. They have light gray fur with black and white, and they're smaller than their cousins, the gray wolf. They have no predators, except if you want to consider a fast-moving Buick on an interstate. They were first classified in 1815 here in the United States, but in the fossil record, that goes back to six million years ago. They're generally gregarious and live in packs, but they also can hunt in solitary mode as well. The coyotes, they live in dens with their pups, and they like to eat mice, rodents, larger prey as well, and even rattlesnakes, which they eat to protect their young and also for food. And they are considered the most vocal of the wild American animals. Now, I think I've mentioned in previous episodes that we live in Tucson, Arizona, which is settled in between both sides of the Sonora Desert on the east and the west. We have a tremendous coyote population. I see them all the time and I hear them all the time, even up close. As a matter of fact, three days ago or three nights ago, I was out back and it was about midnight or so and I was just leaning over a cinder block wall and looking down at the wash on the other side and here comes a coyote in the middle of the night. It was more than five feet away and stared up at me I stared down at it. We exchanged silent greetings and went on casually on its way. So a coyote is in the urban environment, without a doubt. All right, let's listen to the next sound and see if you can guess what it was. This is a canary, of course. It originates from the Azores and the Canary Islands. What a coincidence. They were first bred for captivity in the 17th century and brought by the Spanish from Europe. But it was bred and spread wildly throughout Europe. Proper care, they can live 10 to 15 years, and only the males sing. And they were once used as early warning systems in mines to help determine the nature and the character of the air that the miners were breathing. And they were looking for bad air and carbon monoxide, and the canaries would be the first alert system that they would know that something was wrong. All right, here's the next animal, the final animal sound of today. And let's see if you can guess or have guessed what this is. You know, that's so interesting. Let me play that one more time. That is the capuchin monkey. If you've ever seen old films of organ grinders and a monkey jumping around, that was the capuchin. His range is Central and South America and is named after a group of friars of the Order of Minor Capuchin which is an offshoot of the Franciscans. And that's when they were discovered in the 1700s in in these jungles. And the way they look with their black, brown, buff, and shades of white, they looked like some of these monks as they dressed at the time. They're classified as New World Monkeys, and they're diurnal, which means they sleep at night. And they're arboreal, which means they live in trees. 
They like to take a midday nap, good for them, so do I. And the rest of the time, they're looking for food, which is mainly leaves, flowers, fruit, seeds. In captivity, they're long-lived, up to 50 years. In the wild, 15 to 25 years. They are considered very intelligent and probably the most intelligent of New World monkeys. Clever, they're easy to train, and they act as human companions. Some people keep them as pets, and some people uh, train them to become help for the disabled. So those are our three sounds for today. Coming towards the end of our episode today and what we usually do this time is read a poem or maybe have a quote or two and today i'm going to read a poem and this is entitled animal it was written by Corey stricker and i'm sorry i I couldn't find any information on her but this poem was published in september 2008 i was born one day to the sunny sky the light was quite a surprise my mother fed me and kept me warm while I was small in size. I had a brother, close to my age, to play with every day. A feeling of fun, I learned, made me happy in every way. The days went on, and I got older. Winter rose before my eyes. I felt cold and numb at night, waiting for the sun to rise. I was running through the field one day. I fell and hurt my toe. A feeling of pain and discomfort I found. Tears began to flow. Days went on, and I've healed and gotten better. Come the season of happy days and sunny weather. I don't understand. I know I can't speak. But this is all true. I cry and hurt and play and love. I have feelings just like you. Well, we've come to the end of this episode and I'm really disappointed because I want to go on and give you so much more. But you'll just have to come back next week or check out our other episodes as well, which are still up on iTunes and a a few other podcast hosting sites as well as um, in my host podcast at uh, podbean.com. So I want you to come back next week. I would really appreciate it. And I want to thank you for joining us this week. Next week, we'll have more news, animal descriptions, three more mystery animal sounds. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you have, please subscribe so you can get notifications when the new podcasts are about to hit. And also rate and review. So please subscribe, rate and review. And remember, if you want more information about the website, you can go to zooanimals.info or go to my website, my writer website at frederickfishman, spelled F-I-C-H-M-A-N, dot com. And very important, if you want to become a supporter, you can become a Patreon our patron, rather, to help support all of our efforts with what we do here at Visit the Zoo Podcast because we are growing and we're going to be pumping out more podcasts and uh, we would really like some support to help keep the lights on. And you can do that by becoming a patron at www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash visit the zoo and your help would be appreciated. Thank you very much for staying with me through my rough voice, and we'll see you next week.
Thank you.